Nicole Brandon with Hourglass Brides, and welcome to our show. Today I am so excited about today's guest because we're talking about laughter in a relationship. And all of the shows over the past few months, we've been talking about communication, we've been talking about steps and stages and tools and techniques to a better relationship. And I honestly can't think of a better tool and technique than laughter. We're talking about that on everybody's list. People are always looking for a sense of humor. And I know personally for myself, my father proposed to my mother on the very first date. And my mom said yes. And when I've talked to my mom and I've asked her, how did you know? You only went out with him once. How did you know? And she said, honey, he made me laugh like I have never laughed before. And I thought no matter what happens in life, if he can make me laugh like that, we could get through anything. And they just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary, and they're still so in love. So I know how important that is. And today's guest is a celebrity. He is a friend. He is known throughout the world of making people laugh, bringing joy, bringing light, bringing humor, and bringing love. And so we're so excited to have Yakov Shmirnov with us today. He is a mainstay in the entertainment scene since the 1970s. He was a regular guest star on the award-winning NBC sitcom Night Court. He has been a popular guest on numerous national television shows, including The Tonight Show. You've seen him on HBO. You've enjoyed his humor and his critically acclaimed Showtime special, Yakov. He has also co-starred in movies with Robin Williams. He was in the Moscow and the Hudson movie. He was with Tom Hanks in The Money Pit, Merle Streep and Jack Nicholson in Heartburn, Richard Pryor in Brewster's Million. He was invited to perform at the White House for several of the presidents and their honored guests. President Ronald Reagan, we can't even talk today, President Ronald Reagan, if you think about President Ronald Reagan and the time that he was in office and what it was like for him to be in office. And he brought Yakov in and he called Yakov the national treasure. And I know in watching his work, he really is, and we're going to talk about some of what he's done, not only for the lives of the people that he's touched, but for this nation. Since 1992, he has performed in his very own theater, and that's in Branson, Missouri, which is just absolutely beautiful, where he has entertained over 4 million visitors. He's produced outstanding award-winning shows, and his mission statement is to experience happiness and then to teach it to the world with a passion through comedy and sensitivity. And his newest endeavor is a show, it's called Happily Ever Laughter, and it's in Los Angeles right now at the Acme Theater, and I've had the opportunity to see this show twice, and I can tell you, every time I, I watch Shalkoff on stage, something else unfolds inside of me. There is another part of me that is open. I hear things I've never heard before from him, and I hear things and learn things I've never even known about myself. And so it's such an amazing journey into one's own passion and compassion and where those emotions ride. And he does it with such hilarity and such zest and such zeal and such enthusiasm and such bliss, but you can't help laughing. I've brought everybody I know, and I certainly would recommend that you come to his show. So whether on stage, you know, or whether he's in a classroom, he just loves audiences, and audiences love him. And so we are so lucky today. We are so honored and so blessed and so gifted in so many things to have amazing, this amazing, amazing guest, Yakov Shmirna. So Yakov, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Wow. I, I love the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that, that my father proposed to my mom on the first no, date? No, no. That shook <laughs> me up. That was That's awesome. So, wow. Re- Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. No. So, I, you know, what I was just sharing as at the opening of the show, I've had the chance to see your show, and it's brand new. Every time I see you on stage... I hear something I've never heard before, and I learn something in myself. And there's this well. It's almost like this deep, deep well and barrel of laughter inside of me, and I don't, didn't even know it could go any deeper and further. And every time I'm with you, it's just these, like, effervescent bubbles that are coming up of joy. And so where do you begin? How did you decide or know that laughter and love are connected? 
Well, it was uh, something that happened early in my life when I made my parents laugh, and I didn't really mean to. We lived in a communal apartment uh, in Soviet Union. Nine families lived together, and and you know my parents when uh, they wanted to be romantic, they would send me to look out the window, and then my dad, <laughs> and then my dad said, "What do you see in the window?" I said, "Our neighbors being romantic." And 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 he said, "How can you tell?" And I said, "Because their son is looking at me." And my parents both laughed, and it was such a joyful feeling because all of a sudden there was a, a sense of connection, and um, and I felt loved. I felt I was in the presence of love, and yet I was a little kid, so I I kind of put that in my mind together that laughter really is a confirmation. Um, of people being connected to one another. Uh, so, so with that knowledge, I went uh, to the world and wanted to connect to my classmates, and so I would make them laugh. And uh, that would get results. Teachers didn't care for those results, but I, you know, so I would get in trouble and I would be in the principal's office a lot. But, but it was, uh, you know, it made me want to continue to do this uh, enough uh, that even when I was coming to America and I didn't speak English, my biggest desire was that I will make people laugh. That's so amazing. I mean, and you truly have a gift. You are so touched because you touch people. Now, truly, it's true. You touch people on every level of their life. When you talk to them, they recognize something in themselves they recognize something in their partners. They recognize something in their family and their friends and their neighbors and in their world. It's almost like yeah. you play the symphony of human emotions and laughter. Well, thank you. That, that's very, very beautifully said. Thank you. So, no. So, how did you get started? How did you start doing your comedy shows and how did you start doing your television shows? I mean, what an extraordinary well, journey to come from Russia and to not speak the language and then yeah. to have a desire to bring people joy. Well, desire was there from, you know, in Russia I used to work on, um, you know, I was a performer early in life. I was 15 years old when I started. I started, uh, you know, it was a talent show in, in high school, and, and uh, um, I, I thought I was a singer. And um, so I, I sang a couple of songs, and, and there was a lot of laughter in the, in the audience uh, during my singing. So I, I realized that wasn't healthy. However, when I was doing <laughs> jokes, they were laughing in the right places, and I thought, oh, okay, I got it. So, so that was um, how I got a taste of it. And then uh, over the years, my parents thought that it was a crazy idea, you know, to even consider anything like that as a career, because... In the Soviet Union, you know, they literally are not making this up. They had a department of jokes, and all the comedians had to submit their material to the department of jokes. It was kind of a dangerous thing to even even consider doing anything like that. So my parents thought that they would be crazy. So my first, you know, my bachelor's degree was in as an artist. And, uh, and actually, prior to that, uh, my professional first job or uh, education was a refrigerator mechanic. And then, Seriously? And then I wow. Went, yeah, totally, totally, yeah, yeah, totally serious. <laughs> and so that that didn't feed my soul, as you can imagine. And then I, I decided to be an artist, and so I went to school. But through the school, I continued to um, uh, do shows, like entertain people and make people laugh. And everywhere I would go, then I went to the military. Well, actually, military was before the college. So I went to the military, and I got, uh, I, I would make people laugh there, too. And that was dangerous. However, that's what I wanted to do. So after, I, during my college, I started doing more and more shows uh, and actually started getting paid for that in Russia. And so that was the beginning of realization because my parents, when they saw that I was making money, then now now they were interested. And so they were kind of supportive of me. And um, and then, um, you know, when I worked in the cruise ships on the Black Sea, and that's where I got the idea of coming 
uh, to America because there were Americans there and they would see me perform, even though I spoke only Russian at that time, they would still laugh because of my facial expressions and timing. And so that gave me an idea that, wait, what, what if that's translatable? What if I can do comedy in America? And uh, it was totally unknown and a very daring thing to do to come to America and didn't speak English. And, uh, oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was determined, and I, I wanted to learn the language. I locked myself in the room, watched TV for three months, and then I realized it was a Spanish station. And then I had to learn, you know, learn it all over again. So but those those were the things. And I would just tell the, the stories to people. And that, well, the other thing I did, I, I became a bartender. And I, again, barely spoke English. So people would say seven and seven. I, I would say it's 14. And they, and they would laugh. And then I thought, oh, I'm doing pretty good, you know. So So those were the beginnings of my career. And then... And then I came to Hollywood, uh, thought it will be overnight success, you know, however, it never happens like that. But I I started performing at the comedy store. And that was a place where Robin Williams, David Letterman, Billy Crystal, there was a, all those people were performing there at that time. So I was very lucky to see these great performers and and uh, my roommate was Andrew Dice Clay, which I don't know if you know who oh, that is. Oh, absolutely, yeah, sure, of yeah. course. So you can imagine, you can imagine <laughs> the, the contrast, yeah. The contrast, I'm all clean and he is all different, you know. So, But it was, <laughs> it was all good, good time, good time in, in, that, uh, in that environment. That's amazing. I mean, just the fact that how brave and how bold... Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, th- that's really just jumping off a cliff to come to California yeah. to say I'm going to make it in this business. Yeah. I don't speak this language, but yeah. I know that there's that when I talk to people, they smile and they laugh, and there might be something there. That's it. That's it. And arrogance is bliss. You know, people. When I did not know that it will be difficult, I I literally had no idea that. So when I got a movie with Robin Williams. And I just started doing, like, television shows to promote the movie. It was like uh, people were saying, do you realize how how amazing, how big that break is? I didn't. I didn't. I, I literally uh, was that naive that I thought, well, that isn't what it's supposed to be. So I guess it, I had no blockage in the way that that would stop me. That's so great. We talk about, I have another show called Unlimited Life that I would love you to be a guest on. We talk about breaking those boundaries when there aren't any limitations and how one lives their life in the process of that. And it's such an incredible way. And so that's what falling in love is, isn't it? When people fall in love, you just go over that cliff. You just fall into yeah. the other person and you're not afraid. There's just It just feels like that's what you're supposed to do. And it's yeah, right. I, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. I and I think nature nature helps us a little bit. You know, those hormones push us over that cliff. I think. <laughs> and so, yeah. how did you start talking about love and laughter together? And how did you what? did you start doing your stand-ups with that, or did you just say love makes people laugh, or when I make people laugh, they love me or love each other deeper? You you know, it took a little while. I actually went back to college. I, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school, and um, and I uh, uh, got my master's degree in psychology in 2006. So I did a lot of empirical studies because I thought this topic was very important. And I I had uh, main, big discussions with my professor, uh, Martin Seligman. He is a leading professor in positive psychology and and he had a very strong opinion about this. He he believed that uh laughter creates love. That was his opinion and I said to him, Did you study it or did you just make up this you know, conclusion? And he said, I study it big time and I said, How did you study it? Did you have like focus groups? He said, Yes. I said, what was it? And he said, Well you gave me a DVD of your Broadway show. I showed it to my wife. She laughed. 
we made love. There's my study. I said, <laughs> that's okay. Wonderful. That's, yeah, it's a depth, in depth, no pun intended, uh, research. And, uh, and, you know, he, but I disagree. I mean, I agree with him in, on the surface. I think that we all agree that laughter is good for you. I don't think anybody on the planet will say, nah, I don't want it. I think everybody agrees. And where my quest um, started was, can we use laughter as a gauge whether we're on track or like a GPS, basically, and say recalculating, you know, um, you don't have enough laughter in your relationship uh, that means you're off course, you know those kind of things. When uh, when well, that came to my mind, and I and I thought that was pretty accurate. And I think once you pay attention to it, you start seeing that that's that's an easy easy one uh, to figure out. But the bigger uh, portion of the research became what creates laughter, because I do this intentionally. I make people laugh. You know, I can be tired, I can be not feeling well or whatever. I will still get on stage and I'll make people laugh. And so I knew that I had a formula for that, but I didn't necessarily know what it was. And that, so this research became very important to me because in the beginning of the relationship, uh, I would say if you ask your listeners, they would say, overwhelmingly, that everyone remembers a lot of laughter. And I believe that's hormonally driven because we know how to connect to one another for procreation purposes. And a lot of studies have been done lately that that honeymoon stage, and I I hope I'm not shocking anyone here because you might be, you know, ready to buy a dress um, and you're listening to the show, and Yaakov Smirnov is telling you that that initial time frame of that honeymoon stage only can last from one to two years. That is hormonally driven. And what what it's doing, the hormones, it's like free introductory offer. And then you got to pay full price. <laughs> so you're getting, you're getting tricked into this deal, right? So, so the important part for me became what does happen during that honeymoon stage that is natural for us and we so much enjoy and we so much love and why can't we repeat it? It's like, make, excuse me, it's like making chocolate. You might do it intuitively. However, if somebody measured uh, the recipe or created the recipe, then you can repeat it over and over and over again. So that was my, my quest. I decided I'm going to figure out how to make this chocolate cake it will make everybody laugh. And and I think it's fairly doable. I really believe that. I believe that uh, the main uh, ingredient in that um, uh, cake is that you are complementing one another versus competing with one another. And when so when my audience and I are um, creating laughter together, we're totally complementing. And what that means is that they accept me as their leader and they accept me to guide them or take them on this journey and they totally compliment me every time they hear a joke, they laugh, they'll applaud, they'll cheer. And that feeds me to continue to do that. So in comparison, I believe in every area of our life, we have someone who is good at giving that gift and the other person could be graciously receiving that gift and then laughter is one of the um, one of these uh, confirmations that, that that transaction is happening correctly or or it's successful uh, the other the other uh, symptom or the other way to tell if you're making love if you're making love, more likely you you that again that exchange of the gift and giving and receiving was complementary and, and uh, you continuing to fall in love all over again. That's really beautiful to think about. I remember when I 
was watching you on stage, you were talking about how your mom used to come to your shows. Yeah. And I was so yeah. touched by that, that she would mm-hmm. come to the audience. And, and what an amazing gift to be able to yeah. give that to her and for so many yeah. years. I just think that's yeah. so beautiful. And so for each stage of the relationship, we really can use laughter to deepen the relationship. We might... Yeah, and and I want to be clear here because it's easier to formulate that way, but most people are not professional comedians. So when you put in front of them and say, use laughter to deepen your relationship, I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm saying deepen the relationship and laughter will happen. Mm -hmm. It's easier actually to focus on the relationship than focus on laughter. You can't you can't fake your way through life by telling jokes. I can do it for an hour and a half, but that's that's a band-aid. That's not what people are missing. What people are missing is is that complementary relationship that produces laughter. That's brilliant and so profound. I mean, I, I absolutely love that. And then... Is it okay, I want to ask you, since we're talking about the heart and we're talking about relationships, about yeah. the painting that you did? Because I, yeah. I really, that to me is, there are all kinds of love. Yeah. And that was a love that, as you talk about deepening the relationship, that was a relationship that became so deep and so embedded and so part of who you are that... The overflow from that was something so magnificent for the entire nation. So can you talk about that gift? Um, Sure, sure. Um, After 9-11, I felt um, so uh, distressed, uh, obviously, as everyone else in the world, watching that destruction of American landscape and how violating it was and so my, because I'm an artist, and that's what I, how I express my feelings, I um, I started to paint, and uh, I wanted uh, desperately to to fix what was destroyed. And so, uh, in my mind, instead of the towers, I um, I placed American flag in the shape of a heart. And you can go on my website, yakov.com. And it's Y-A-K-O-V dot com, and you'll see it. And um, it's uh, so as I was painting this, I was envisioning that to be a um, a, a mural at the ground zero. And I had no idea how to get it there or anything like that because I was painting on the night of the attack. And uh, But yet the picture in my mind was very clear that this is what needs to be there. And it took um, almost the whole year um, because at that time the security during that in that region was so tight and and nobody uh, you know the politicians or the city hall or no one wanted to really talk about doing anything in that area and I was so driven to do it and so I went again with my intuition. And my uh, perseverance, and I found the people who own the building right next to the crater of Ground Zero, and uh, and uh, I approached them, and after many rejections, I got that yes, you can you can put up um, on the scaffolding of the destroyed building, or the building that was damaged. Now you can put it up there for ten days, and if you can find, if you can get the permits from the city and things like that. And um, so, unfortunately, again, no one was willing to uh, to help out, and I reached out in desperation uh, to um, uh, steel steel union workers, uh, because they are the ones who put up those big structures and big billboards and things like that. And I reached out to them asking for uh, their help. And they came to to meet me in New York uh, at that building that uh, actually people from Ohio owned, that building in New York. And so 
that Middle America kind of a, a spirit allowed me to get in uh, a little bit. And so the uh, New York, uh, those um, steel workers, they're, they're pretty rough guys. You know, they have, uh, you know, the hard heads and uh, those tool belts, and they all right. cost in many different languages and, you know, and all of that stuff. And I said, why are you so um, upset? And they said, well, we're the ones who were carrying the bodies out of that God-forsaken God place, and we don't want to be here. Why? Why? What? What the heck do you want from us? You know. And I said, Well, thank you for coming out. And here's the idea: I wanted to put up the mural, and this was like August and the um, of 2002, and I wanted that mural to be there uh, for the first anniversary memorial. And so I, um, so they said, well, are you kidding me? There is no way we can do that. And I, I said, okay, uh, how much can I pay you? Uh, you know, and they said, you don't have enough money. Donald Trump would not have enough money to do something like that that quickly. And I said, okay, well, I guess that's not going to happen. And so they're leaving. They're you know, and then they saw this um, uh, mock-up of, of the mural, um, and they said, what is that? And I said, that's what I'm trying to put up. And and so now they got quiet, and they start passing it around to each other, and then um, the leader said, okay. And I said, okay, what? Uh, they said, um, okay, we'll do it. And I, I said, wow. Well, how 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 much would it cost? And he said, nothing. And so now it's like I'm going. So what's the catch? I said, do I have the permits? Um, and I'm showing them the paper that I have, which very very little. And he he laughed and he said, you don't have permits, and you will never get them. But we'll put it up anyway. Whew. Wow. And, um, and they and they showed up and they showed up um, on uh, on September seventh, um, two thousand two, uh, on a Saturday night, a Saturday morning, uh, fifty union workers uh, in their own cars, and it's it's hard for me to even you know to continue to tell you this because it's just so. And they and they worked 12 hours straight, and they and they made sure that that mural was um, tight, and 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 when it was a little bit, you know, um, crooked, they went back up and they changed it, and it was just mind-boggling. And I said to the union worker, I said, why why did you choose to do that? And he said, so I can. I can drive with my son, and I can show you him this mural, and I want to tell him that I that I helped to put this mural up in the sky. And it was there for 18 months. It was supposed to be there only for 10 days, but once they saw it up there, it was it was. Uh, the 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 sign underneath said, "Human spirit is not measured by the size of an act, but by the size of a heart." That's beautiful. That's incredible. How much magic and how much love you have shared with so many. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And when you talk about heroism and bravery and courage and heart, I mean, that's all those things. Every step that you have done, whether it's to come out here and to be brave enough to get on stage or whether it's to paint what's in your soul and to know that you have to share it with a nation. I mean, you really have been unstoppable. And all you have done is shared love and love and love and more love and what an honor and what a blessing. 
Thank you. It's a, and that's on your website? People can see that painting if they go to your yeah. website? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know Google, I thought I was, Google, it just took my breath away. Yeah, you can you can just Google 9-11 mural Yakov Smirnov, you'll see it. It was huge. It was 200 feet tall by 130 feet wide. It was, it was uh, standing next to it was just unbelievable, overwhelming, overwhelming. And you saw it in your head before you painted it. You knew what it would look yeah. like. Yeah, on the night of a year before it went up. Yes, I saw it, and I didn't know what the address of the building was. I wish I did. It would have saved me a lot of energy, but. I didn't. I just saw it, and it it turned out just the way I saw it. That's incredible. It really is. Thank you for that. And I'm thanking you not just for myself, but for this entire nation and for anybody that's ever been touched and moved. So let me be the voice of all the gratitude for you. Thank you. Truly. Now, when you to a show, like your show that you're doing now, your Happily Ever Laughter show, do you see that? Do you know how the jokes are going to land or the things that you do and that you present to people so. the same way? I, I think so. I, you've been very helpful, Nicole, in in uh, because you live here and I'm just coming back from Branson and you know some very key people uh, like this wonderful director, and, uh, Andrew Lyman that you brought to see the show. I totally see the results of what I'm doing here. I totally see that I need to take this message, Happily Ever Laughter, that we're covering just a little bit here, just a little tiny tip of the iceberg. And I believe that there is a huge amount of information that needs to be shared with uh, people like your audience who is listening right now need to know this stuff because without it you're a lot of things that we do in our in love is like we're blindfolded and it's nice when it's uh, wonderfully erotic or some fun activity but if it's if we become stressed and frustrated and we have no guidance uh logical guidance not just emotional guidance because that's that's wonderful when it works, but when it doesn't work, boy, you know how how destructive it can be. And I'm thinking about how logically laughter, laughter is very, in my opinion, laughter is a confirmation of transformation. And it's something that happens uh, in spontaneously in the moment. However, once you start paying attention to it, it could be your guiding force. Well, I think it's a great show also for couples to see before they get married or even couples yes. that are in relationship or have been married many years because there's so much to talk yes. about after your show. I mean, I've been there a couple times with my friends now, and we've talked about it constantly. Everything you've yes. said, we've brought up over yes. and over and over again. And so I think that you know everything that you talk about really is valuable mm-hmm. in Thank designing you. a relationship. And so... I to me, it's just phenomenal. And then one of my favorite parts of your show, which I'd love to talk about, is the couple that have been married 75 years, now 80 years. Yeah. And I know my years. parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And for me, being I have learned so much about love over the time that you know my parents have been in front of me to show me what love looks like. Mm-hmm. And that they have so much respect for each other and honor for each other and so much integrity. And the way that they light up when the other person walks in the room and the way that they put the other person first. And, and I've had such a beautiful example of love as well as I've just had laughter into tears being around my parents because they make each other laugh so often. And there's such a joy in, in them being together. But 75 and 80 years. So tell me about this couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. They live in Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, they got married um, during Depression time. I met them when they were, uh, just, you know, they just celebrated their 75th wedding anniversary. I saw them on the on um, Jay Leno show, and uh, when I saw the segment, I said they are my 
poster children for happily ever laughter. How many <laughs> couples do you know that not poor poster post poster grandparents, you know? And so right. I thought I and so I reached out to them and I said, I'm doing show in Branson, Missouri. It's a, I, at that time I, I did a pilot for a talk show and I said, You would be wonderful guests if you would choose to, you know, uh come and so they did. And uh, they, uh, you know, I flew them to Branson, Missouri. And it was a funny, cute story that, um, you know, the, we sent a limo to pick them up. And um, uh, the limo driver was told that it's a couple with their son. So he brought uh, a baby car seat uh, for that. Yeah. And then they, then he, they called and said, how old is the son? And he said, 70. So, so it was a little bit different than uh, what he was expecting. And, uh, and it was adorable. Yeah, adorable. So when they when they got there, you know, and uh, I, they were giggling, they were laughing, they were holding hands, and I said to them, what is your secret? And they said, we're afraid to fall down. So, <laughs> so, so it just... It's just they're just adorable, and so I stayed in touch with them. I actually talked to them yesterday. I'm gonna go for dinner uh, at their place next weekend or this coming weekend. So uh, it, it, they're still doing good. They're still hanging in there. They're still laughing, and and it's just it's hard. It, it, it's getting harder for them because their their hearing aids are harder to you know tune in in the same frequency. So um, that kind of stuff, but but they're still hanging in there. That's amazing! What a great story! Mm-hmm. What a fabulous story! And that, I mean, just to be able to think about laughing that many years and happiness for that many years. I was talking to somebody this week, and he was talking about happiness, and he was saying it's not that I've ever been unhappy; it's just uh-huh. that when I when I'm happy now, it's a different happy. It yeah. opens me yeah. in a different way. It's There's something yeah. that I can't explain, but it, it's just this different feeling. It's like jumping off the ground. And so when you have those different levels of happiness in a relationship, and then do you have that with your children? Do you have that kind of laughter oh, with yeah. your kids? Yes, I do. But, and it's also, it's more than... You know, I'm I'm using it like you saw Natasha uh, this uh, weekend at, uh, at the uh, at this uh, wonderful you know place that we were, um, and you know she's 22, um, you know, and we're kind of redefining the relationship. She's a young lady versus a kid or a teenager. So, but I still use laughter as a gauge. You know, we we're, were saying goodbye. Um, she was leaving uh, in the evening, and uh, we were in a, I was helping her with her luggage to put in her, in her car. And as, you know, she's driving out, I uh, stood uh, by the, it was uh, later in the evening, so I, uh, there was a, a booth there at the garage that I pretended that I was an attendant of the booth, and I was uh, waving goodbye to her, and and so she, I could see her smiling, and I, and she said, "You need a ride, Dad." So, so <laughs> I, 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 I sat in the on the on the hood of her car in my fancy suit, and and she was driving slow to the to the door of the of the hotel, and she was laughing, and I knew that we're leaving each other connected, you know. And then when she sent me a text, she said, "Thanks for." Um, thank you for, um, you know, riding on the hood of my car. And I said, I pretended that it was a parade. The best part of the parade was the driver of the, of the float. And she, you know, so, and we just keep, and I said, thanks for your laughter. And I, and I literally, um, I acknowledged that she, I was making her laugh and she was laughing and that tells me that we're connected. So what a great, you know, we talk about on this show very often the keys and the tools and the techniques to a happy relationship 
or how to keep a relationship alive or how to deepen a relationship. And this is such a wonderful way. And we've been talking about your show, but I want to tell people where do they go to see your show because I love you know the audience to be able to find you. Um, the, the easiest way to find me is just go to yakov.com, Y-A-K-O-V.com, Y-A-K-O-V.com, and then uh, they will give you the schedule. Uh, I'm at the Acme Comedy Hollywood uh, Theater, and uh, it will give you the schedule, and you can, you know, purchase tickets online. So it's all, it's all there. And it's very uh, inexpensive. It's only $25, and you laugh for an hour and a half. So if you, it's probably about fifty-two cents a laugh or something like that. Something. Like that. <laughs> so the Acme Theater and it's Yakov.com, and I so highly recommend that people go to this show. I really do. And one of the things that we've been doing on the show is we've been asking people definitions. And Deirdre Hayde was on, and we were asking her about what is marriage, what is a vow. We've been asking people what is harmony, what is a contract, what is a covenant. And so for you, what is laughter? Laughter, in my opinion, is a verbalization of happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an auditory response to uh when to balance uh when when both people one is giving and one is receiving and that's complementary. That's when laughter uh spontaneously combusts. Great definition. I would love to be able to use it on the website and share that with people. That's really yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. I don't think I ever described it that way, but now I have. That's fantastic. It's really great. Thank you. And so and what would be a tip that you would give somebody getting married, a young couple? What would you say to them? How do they keep that? You're saying deep in the relationship and laughter will happen? Is it the trust? Is it the truth? Is it? I would say, first of all, um, Pay attention to laughter, and if you can kind of make, I mean, when you're in that honeymoon stage, if you can just notice when it happens and what are the moments that it does happen, because that is your gate, that is your guide for the rest of your life. So if you can make a note and say, we laughed when we took a shower together, or whatever, and it was just so much laughter there, or if we you know, went um, uh, swimming or we ran on the beach or or whatever that, that the circumstances that happened, that laughter did happen, that will help you tremendously to later on when, when you not naturally are not doing those things uh, to bring it back and say, we can always do that. We can always, we can schedule to go to the beach. And run together. I know the kids come and, you know, we get busy and all of that. But when you choose that and it's a choice, then we can create the environment where we're going to complement one another. And pay attention to that, too. What, who is giving something and who is receiving? And when people say, well, we make each other laugh, that's nice and sweet. But as a scientist of laughter, I don't believe that. I believe that, yes, it happened, it seemed that way, that you're making each other laugh. But most of the time, someone, if you, if you take a snapshot, one person gave something, whether it was a compliment, whether it was, um, you know, a funny remark, whatever it was, it was a gift. And then the other person received it. And that's the laughter. And that's that one shot. Next moment, the other person might have given something back. And and the first person received it. And boom, there's another laughter. But most people are not aware of that. So they're, you know, they're bunching everything together and say, oh, we used to make each other laugh. And now we don't. Well, you can't, you got to uncoil that. You got to untie that knot and start recognizing that there is specific person did something, gave something very specific. And the more specific you can find it, the more notes you can make, 
that will help you tremendously in the future. What a great idea. I've never thought to do that. That's just a brilliant idea. That really yeah, yeah. I used to keep, yeah, for years, I don't do it now as much, but I used to keep laughing journals. And I wanted, and I, there was a conscious decision that I want to be only with people or or majority of the time. Sometimes you can't control it. But you want to be around people that are, um, that that you create laughter with together. And because that means you're in harmony. And uh, I was thinking about it would work in divorce court as well. If it didn't work out, you can say, Your Honor, look, I journaled this. We haven't <laughs> laughed for 10 years. That's fantastic. How, how much fun. Can you imagine yeah. that would... You know, Yakov, you're interested in doing a show. That's a great scene. You're in a keep yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's just amazing. And so what's the next step for you? You're looking to move on to the television forum with your show, yeah, which I think is that, just... I mean, I know that your yeah. artwork has touched so many people, and I know that your comedy through the years has just touched millions and millions of people. And I love now to be able to take the comedy or happily ever laughter show because it is funny and it is true and it is I, real and it is everything. I would be curious if you have people call in or if they want to like participate and say if they think that that kind of a concept would be interesting to watch. It would be interesting to get feedback from your audience too. Absolutely. I don't know if they have that capacity or not. I am finding out for you. Yeah, I think it would be great. Do, do do people think after listening to this, do they see that it would be something that somebody would want to uh, tune in and see? How do you sustain that? Because I would like it to be like a reality show. And people lost the laughter, and I come in and help them find it or bring it back. I think that's a wonderful idea. And I know when we were talking about it just at the show in the theater and with some of our friends, it, it really is something that can recharge. And it's so different than what you see now. It, right. It, I mean, it, it is because it's something that spontaneously touches you. And that's what I think with your show. That's what I'm saying. Even though I've seen your show several times, it's like uh-huh. a brand-new show for me. It's completely, mm-hmm. completely just... Every time that I watch you on stage, I hear something I haven't heard before, and something mm-hmm. opens inside of me. It's like a little click inside of me. It's like a little mm-hmm. part of me that, that's finally just been released, and this part that I've held mm-hmm. so tight. And so mm-hmm. to be able to do that to a television audience, is just yeah. that would be so much fun to be able to do that. And I, I could I really agree. see that. And I think, you know, it reaches every age. It reaches, you know, every ethnic group, every background, whoever you are. That mm-hmm. we're all human. We're all human. We're all people, and we're yeah. all human. You know, unless you have any, you know, pets. I know my my pets watch television. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I come home and they look like they're watching TV. They're so intense. <laughs> so I don't know what they get. You know, but even when I leave, I try to put on nice shows for them so they're not watching any. Yeah. You know, negative or. Because it really looks like they're watching television, but most of the television watchers are going to be people that are, and we're all like you're saying, we're all connected through joy. We're all. I wonder. Connected. I wonder when the when the commercial for cat food um, go on on TV. Do they go in the kitchen? You think, and or find the food? <laughs> find the food. I'm just curious if they're yeah. They're going, ooh, that looks yummy. Let's go see what we got in the fridge. That would that would be really funny. But yeah. I know my yeah. dogs, they look like they're watching. It's amazing. It's almost like you don't want to interrupt them. You want to say, I'm leaving, yeah. but, I, you know, you're watching TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I know shows that have even, you know, I, I remember in watching television shows that were nighttime dramas. And occasionally they would throw in a line that was funny, a line mm-hmm. that was real, and it would totally break 
whatever mm-hmm. the tension was, and all of mm-hmm. a sudden everything would shift and everything would change. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. I'm not sure that we can unleash people at this hour on the show, but okay. I would love okay. to unleash people, but what I would love to do is if people would be interested into seeing this kind of show for them to be able to contact us. So you can certainly yeah. email me at Nicole at Nicole Brandon Worldwide, or they can. How can they reach out to you to let you know that they would love to see this kind of a show? I think if they send it to you, you can send it to me. Absolutely. That would be great. So I would love to know that what people's sense is, what the sensibility is, and especially in relationships. And then, how did you come up with the title? It's the best title I've ever heard. So. Um, I, you know what, I'm not sure. It just came to me one day, and it was like, I, I did one show. It was called Happily Ever, um, no, as long as we shall laugh. That was one show that I did. But then all of a sudden, this came to me, and it was like, wow, this is so much better. This is so much more uh, concise and clear. And so I fell in love with it. It's. A wonderful title. It really is. And then going from standing on a comedy stage to working on television to opening your very own theater, which I imagine was another challenge. It's just You just take on challenges. You're like, what else can I do? (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that. And then coming here with this incredible show and helping all these people in relationships. And so... How did you decide, Branson, and how did you decide to come back and to help all these people now? I think Branson uh, was um, a necessity at one at some point because in, uh, um, in 1991, the Soviet Union uh, collapsed, and uh, that was a big uh, deal because uh, most of my comedy, or at least what people perceived me doing, was jokes about Soviet Union. And when the Soviet Union was gone, there was no reason um, for me to have, uh, or my career did not have that um, much uh, need, or I was releasing the tension, but the tension was gone. So that's what happened. And David Letterman had a top ten list and, um, on that night, and uh, he said that uh, now the things that will change, that the Soviet Union is no longer there. And I made number one on the list, and it was Yakov Smyrna will be out of work. And I thought it was funny, but unfortunately it wasn't. So I, um, um, uh, because of that, I had to kind of find a place and uh, figure that I'll go find a place where they don't know that the Soviet Union collapsed. And, <laughs> and Branson, they didn't know, so and they didn't care. And it's been a blessing in disguise because... Um, it gave me a chance to develop what I have developed, and now I can take it to the world. You know? So it's been great, and I still have the, sh- the theater there, and you know I will continue to do shows there in October, November. So if you're in that area, also go to yakov.com, yakov.com, and you can you can find me and come see me there. Oh, I highly recommend that everybody that is listening to the show come and see you because truly you are the funniest man that I know and the most loving man that I know and the most talented man that I know all rolled into one. And so that Thank is you. just, you know, that is a three-time charm that everybody should be wasting hey. out to see you truly. And hey. I think that for people that are getting married and just starting the relationship together or people that are trying love again who have been married and something didn't work and they're listening to you and now they say, gosh, I'm going to keep a laughter journal and really pay attention to those moments that we have together and what it is and what we did that brought that kind of joy or even people that have been married, like my parents 50 years, 25 years, like your friends 80 years, and to be able to track what is it that brings us those moments where we laugh together and that joy. I love the idea of having a laughter journal. I'm going to start my own, and we'll have to come back on the Whoa. show and see how I'm doing with it. Yes, that's so, great. I would love to, absolutely love to be able to do that. And we're so excited that you're doing 
this is a television show, and I know that you're just going to be able to reach so many people with it. So I'm looking forward to the audience writing in and saying what you think of this being a television show, what you would like to see, and certainly what are the things that make you laugh? What are those moments in life, those those little tiny moments, right, and and how you're affected? Because that's what it is when I saw you on stage, and you would go from sheer laughter to such heart and such compassion and such care and all of a sudden I found myself just so deep within myself and so moved and so touched and then in that place all of a sudden I would start to giggle again and it's like this roller coaster ride of emotion in life and that's what you do you really it's like the Pandora's box of all the joy on the planet so we were. I was at an Thank event you. last night, and you know, with a, a group of all of our friends, and somebody had said, "This is such an unusual group because you schedule fun. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't schedule That's fun. Right. But you, you all actually schedule fun, and most yeah. people have fun, but you schedule yeah. fun, and." Yeah, it was great to actually think about yeah. that. And so should people and couples schedule fun? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. I think they just need to know what it is for them. Because sometimes it could be different for a guy and a girl, and they need to find activities that do create fun and laughter for both of them. I love that. Well, you such a joy having you today, and you certainly are... Just such a magical gift. And your humor, your laughter, your talent, your timing, and uh, your art. The most incredible gift you could have given to this nation, other than coming here. Because certainly beyond the art is the fact that we got you, which is the better gift, that you are here. And we are all so blessed and so honored and so lucky to have you. So... For everybody listening, go to the Acme Theater and see Happily Ever Laughter and absolutely Yakov.com. Go to Branson and stay tuned for the television show, which I know is going to become your very favorite show. And we're just uh, in great gratitude of having you with us today. So, Yakov, thank you well, so thank much. You. For Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. I look forward Bye-bye. to seeing you. Bye-bye. How amazing. Can you imagine coming to this country not knowing the language and your desire, your greatest heart's desire is to make people laugh and to be able to spread love and not only to be able to do that on television, on screen, in theaters, to people that you meet, but then also to have a passion to be able to share your heart your pride and your love for this country. I mean, what an extraordinary, extraordinary man. And he gave you the greatest tool to keep a laughter journal. So that is today's takeaway, the laughter journal, and that the more you love, the more you connect, the closer you are, that the way you measure that is how you laugh together. And so one of our greatest teachers and philosophers, Yakov Shmirnov, and just truly what a fantastic show. Next week, we have a very special guest. We have D.C. Cordova, and D.C. Cordova is actually doing both of our shows next week, Unlimited Life, and she's on Hourglass Brides. She is from the Money in You Institute, and I have taken Money in You, and I can tell you that it has changed my life, my relationship to money, the way that she talks about money, and your success. And so we will be doing Money in You on Unlimited Life and Money in Us how you deal with money together in a relationship on next week's show. And then after that, yes, we get our Juno and we start talking about sexual intimacy and we have so many wonderful shows ahead. So we thank you for being with us on Hourglass Pride. Again, we thank Yakov Shmirnov and Happily Ever Laughter. Go to yakov.com, the Acme Theater. Next week, make sure you stay tuned for DC Cordova and money in us, learn how to combine your money, learn how to be wealthy as a couple, and really learn how to prosper and have that kind of life you always knew you can live and have everything you've ever wanted and dreamed of, but mostly keep a laughter journal, 
connect with each other, love each other. And through that deep connection and love, you'll be able to measure your laughter and be able to measure the kind of life that you've always known you were meant to have. So may your dreams come true. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday.